the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Another question that's asked is, I was baptized as a child. Should I be baptized again? And the reason that question is important is because believer's baptism is a choice, a decision on the part of the believer to express their identification with Jesus. This is my Savior. This is my Lord. It's a personal choice. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, an outreach of the church and on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Pastor Leighton is in the book of Matthew. We're continuing that study, and he's in the third chapter, and he's just about to pull apart the 17th verse. Now, the first part of the sentence, this is my son, comes from Psalm 2-7 where God declares of his Messiah, you are my son, ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance. You will rule them with an iron scepter. And the second part of the sentence, with whom I am well pleased, comes from Isaiah chapter 42, which is the beginning of the scripture that describes God's suffering servant and culminates clear over in Isaiah chapter 53, which is familiar to many of us. So the first portion of the sentence, which is taken from Psalm 2-7, says, describes the relationship between the voice and Jesus. The voice is the voice of the Father. Uh, Jesus is the Son. And the relationship between the two is love. The voice said, this is my beloved Son. In the original language, the little translation, as for you, you are my Son, the beloved one. Now, eventually, all believers would be called sons of God or children of God. But Jesus has a unique relationship with God because he is the only begotten son of God. We're children of God by adoption. But Jesus is the begotten, the only begotten son of God. Now, the phrase, in whom I am well pleased, means that God the Father constantly takes delight and satisfaction in the son. The uh, verb in the original language means to be constantly or continually pleased. He's always taken pleasure in his son. The original passage from Isaiah 42 says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. So the ancients understood that this was a messianic passage. And I want us to observe here, because this is important for us to, to capture and learn that Jesus was both a son and a servant to his heavenly father. Being a son and a servant are not mutually exclusive. We are called to be both children of and servants to our heavenly father. And there's something else here of great significance that must not be lost upon us And that is that in this passage, all three persons of the Trinity are present in the same place at the same time. Now, the doctrine of the Trinity is 
incomprehensible. But basically, in the Old Testament, God made sure we understood God is one, but interestingly enough, in his word, gave us insight into his conversations with himself. And he spoke to himself in the plural. For instance, in Genesis chapter 1, he said, let us make man in our image. Let us. Is us singular or plural? It's plural. Make man in our. Is our singular or plural? It's plural. So we have, in God's word, the insight into a conversation God is having with himself, and he speaks to himself in the plural. And yet God, time and again, says that God is one, the Lord is one. But here at this event, we have God the Father speaking, we have God the Son being baptized, and we have God the Spirit descending in the form of a dove. You know, some things the Bible teaches are beyond our ability as humans to understand. And quite frankly, if we understood everything about God, that would make us pretty impressive. Because God is very impressive. We're very small in our ability to understand God. But what the theologians have done is is they can't find one sentence to encompass or encapsulate the doctrine of the Trinity, so they gave us three. God is three persons. Each person is fully God. There is one God. And that's the best our theologians have come up with in 2,000 years of trying to figure out how to describe the doctrine of the Trinity, which is so clearly taught in Scripture and is exampled here. Now, there are some questions that people have about baptism and common questions. I want to address some of those questions. And if you've got any other questions, I'm available after the service. One question that we're asked quite often is, is baptism necessary or essential for salvation? In other words, do I have to be baptized in order to be saved? And the answer to that question is found in the example of the thief on the cross uh, recorded in Luke's gospel. Here's a person who was saved at the last moments of life. We know that because Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. We know he was saved. There's no indication of scripture that he came off the cross, was baptized, and got back on it. Now, there's some interesting insights that we get from what few words he said. We are told in in the other gospel, Matthew's gospel, that at first both of the thieves were mocking Jesus. But something must have happened in the heart of one of those thieves. Because the scriptures tell us in Luke that one was mocking him. Why don't you save yourself if you're the Messiah? And us too while you're at it. And the other thief said, don't you fear God even when we've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for what we've done, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And to that, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Just a few words, but they are packed with meaning. Do you not fear God? The fear of God, scriptures tell us, is the beginning of wisdom. The reason a lot of people act the way they do is because they have no fear of God. And that's why they're unwise in what they do. Do you not fear God? This man realized in a few minutes or a few hours He was going to die. And when he died, he was going to stand before God, and he was not ready to stand before God. Do you not fear God, even when you've been sentenced to die? You know we've all been sentenced to die. Hebrews says, it is appointed unto man once to die. It is appointed. We have an appointment with death. The appointment is set by God. We're not going to miss that appointment. We're not going to be early. We're not going to be late. 
it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And then the second thing he says, we deserve to die for what we have done. That's a confession. That is a realization, I have done evil. I deserve judgment. The judgment that is upon me is a just judgment. I deserve to die for what I have done. Third thing he says, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. There's something special about Jesus. He's not on that cross because of something he's done wrong because he hasn't done anything wrong. He must be on that cross for another reason. And we now know it's because he was there paying the wages of our sin. Not his sin because he didn't have any. There's something special about Jesus. He hasn't done anything wrong. And the next thing he says is, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Which when you think about it, is a really peculiar thing for a man who is about to die to ask another man who is about to die. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It tells us that he knew there was something after death. It tells us he knew he was in the presence of a king. It tells us he wanted to be in that kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today, you will be with me in paradise. We know he was saved. And it wasn't because he did anything good. He wasn't on the cross for doing things good. It wasn't for being baptized. There's no indication he came off the cross and was baptized. It was not for being a member of a church. There wasn't even a church to be a member of. It was because he asked Jesus to be a part of his kingdom. So then baptism is not necessary for salvation. But it is important for us to be obedient and Christ commanded us to be baptized as part of the great commission another question that's asked is I was baptized as a child should I be baptized again and uh, the answer to this question is another question and that is when you were baptized was that your choice was that your decision or was somebody else make that decision for you And the reason that question is important is because believer's baptism is a choice, a decision on the part of the believer to express their identification with Jesus. This is my Savior. This is my Lord. It's a personal choice. And then another question that we're often asked is, is baptism the same as church membership? Is baptism the same as church membership? And the answer is no. Baptism is identifying with Christ's body, the church, which spans the globe and centuries. Church membership is identifying with a local church to be a part of the family there, not just a guest, and be involved in the ministry. So uh, baptism is not the same as church membership. So in his baptism, Jesus showed that his mission was to take on the sin of humanity and absolve it. In it, he acknowledged God's holiness, humanity's sin. He says, I'm going to take it. I'm going to get it cleared. And this is the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. So the question is, have you been baptized? If you're a believer, you need to be baptized. Call the church office this week, and we'd love a chance to, uh, to get you baptized. Lord, we're so thankful for your word. And we think about what you did for us, 
identifying with us to save us from our sin, to be our Savior and Lord. And not only that, to adopt us as your beloved children, to give us purpose in life, and then to give us hope when this life has run its course. Truly, Lord, everything good comes from the Father of light. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to just a portion of a message from the book of Matthew and a sermon series shared recently by Pastor Leighton Sheely with the congregation at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. If you'd like to review past messages from that series, please go to the website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Also, on the homepage, along with all kinds of other information, you'll see a link simply called Baptism. And when you open that up, you'll find a listing of what you can expect and other answers to questions you may have about water baptism. That's on highlands.us. Click on the Baptism link right there on the homepage. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us. We'll come back tomorrow for the Tuesday edition of Study Verse by Verse at this same time. And I hope you can join us as we once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse. 